This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, August 1st. This is episode 344. My name is Dan Ellis and I'm joined via remote connection by two awesome Mr. Co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. You can call me Sexy Stash. <laughs> Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, busy in all kinds of stuff. What is new in your guys' world? Mr. Duffy, let's start with you. Uh, you know, I'm just making as many wood shavings as possible right now. Oh, yeah? That's, I got, I got, had a, a guy that I know through a friend. I've never actually met him in real life, but he reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, are you still building humidors? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, I need one by the 15th for a birthday. Mm. And I, we want it all customized and stuff. So yeah, I'm getting on that, which luckily Quite a bit of money at, right? For a uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, the guy's rich as fuck to begin with. The guy <laughs> oh, yeah. that he's, he wants me to build this for races Corvettes for fun. Oh. Nice. Hell yeah. So on the inside lid, when you open it, I'm going to put the blueprints for that, the, the, the Corvette on the inside of it. Oh, nice. With your new laser. Oh, yeah. Deal. That's going to make it so much quicker than doing it by hand. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the things that you're making. Uh, I saw the one thing that you're making for a relative based on a photo of another relative. Yes. I don't, I'm trying not to give too much well, away in case. My 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 grandpa doesn't listen to the podcast, so okay. you don't gotta <laughs> okay. you don't gotta worry about that. But yeah, that should uh as of the day we're recording this, that should be arriving to him tomorrow. So I already sent that in the mail and made a nice little walnut frame to attach to it and stuff. And so yeah, it was a photograph that my grandfather had taken of my grandmother who passed away in March, probably fifty years ago. You'll notice that I didn't play the sound this time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think he'll appreciate that. Yeah, as long as his eyesight is good enough to realize what it is. Yeah, I thought it was a very, very sweet gift. I think yeah. he's going to love it. No. Other than that, I had to go back to work. Mm. That sucks. Not yeah. very good. Well, uh, how about you, Mr. Grin? What's new with you? So many things. <laughs> this has been a hell of a week. So, um, I can't remember if I said in the last podcast or not, but, um, I, uh, I got a prospective job offer a couple of weeks back, um, that was contingent on passing the security plus examination, which is, which you, you passed. That? Yeah. Yeah. So I passed. So it, it's a hard ish examination. Like it's easy if you've been in industry for like multiple years, but I have not. So it basically entailed a shit ton of studying. Um, and basically all of last week, well, all of the week before last, um, Sandra basically played like housewife to enable me to be studying like 12 hours a day on that. Um, and I passed the examination on Monday uh, and I have been waiting for more than a month and a half for my uh, uh, there's a comic series called Invincible. Um, they've got a show on Amazon that's fantastic. Uh, it's got J.K. That. Simmons in it and and Mark Hamill. And anyway, yeah. so I had been waiting for those comics to show up. And like literally as we were driving home from the exam that I had passed, um, the bookstore finally calls and is like, hey, your comics finally showed up. So I was like, all right, this is a pretty good day. Except but about an <laughs> hour before I took the examination, Sandra got back from the vet Um and the kitten that we adopted has FIV, which is basically HIV, but for cats. Um, and so we spent a while trying to figure out whether or not we wanted to keep this kitten. Um, it's apparently not particularly uh, infectious. Well, like it's very infectious if you get an exposure, but the odds of exposure are pretty low for another cat in the household. Um, yeah, didn't, you, didn't they say, I thought I saw Sandra post out that in order for it to actually get infected, they had to like bite. 
Like, yeah, yeah, like skin, a deep like, bite or cut wound would have to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they definitely play fight. Like the the cat and the kitten definitely play fight. But I haven't seen either of them bite like really fucking hard, like trying to hurt the other animal hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have to be the kitten biting the cat um, hard enough to infect him. But I was like, well, we already have our cat, right? Like, what what is the ethics involved of adopting a kitten who could potentially get the cat that we already have sick? you know, versus giving the cat back kind of thing. Um, but like the kitten's demeanor is already really good. Um, like he's a very nice cat. He's incredibly well litter trained. Um, he doesn't scratch shit. So for us, it's like, we're not going to find a better kitten than this. Um, and like, it's looking like the rest of his litter is probably not going to end up finding homes. So if we were to give him back, we'd probably just being be condemning him to being put down. Um, so we've elected to keep the kitten, um, and we just have to keep a very close eye on them and make sure to like basically train them not to fight too hard. You know, we've got to split up fights, you know, before they get too rough and, and do the best that we can to try and like make that a thing with them so that they don't hurt each other. Mm -hmm. Um, so sparring only. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No mortal combat. Yep. Um, and I'm just worried because sometimes the older cat will like pin the kitten down, which is like a like a cat behavior, right? Like the older one will pin the kitten down and be like, this is too much or like. So our cats aren't allowed on like tabletops or desks or anything like that. Mm. And if the kitten gets up on a table or a desk because it's a fucking kitten and it like hasn't learned yet and is super curious, Avocado, the older cat, will like growl <laughs> like he is not happy <laughs> and he'll walk over and like grab the kitten by the nape of its neck and yank it off of the surface that he's not supposed to be on. It's like he's enforcing the rules (laughs) and it's kind of wild to watch. (laughs) But then like the problem is, is that he'll just sit there like biting the back of the cat's neck and sitting on top of him as if to say like, you're in fucking timeout right now. (laughs) And it just makes us nervous. (laughs) Nervous Um, that the kitten may get, Uh, may get, you know, may grow to the point where it's like, Hey, you're not going to hold me down anymore, man. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Is that if he gets to the point where he tries to pin down the kitten when he's a cat and he bites back or something. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why we split up those events because we don't want the older cat getting in the habit of trying to like go too far with the little cat. Cause we don't want the little, little cat to ever feel like it has to get him back. You're not, um, you're not kitten. Like, Avocado. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that. Um, but I did get the job, which is super cool. Um, it's, it's pretty well paying. It's going to get me into a career field that I've wanted to get into for a long time. Um, uh, thanks to Ted Sellen, like one of our Patreon supporters was, was the one who basically hooked me up with the interview for this thing and That's recommendation awesome. and that kind of thing. So huge thanks to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, gosh. And then, oh, so I was going to the fucking grocery store yesterday. I get out of my car and like, I had noticed eating earlier in the day that like, I felt a weird kind of pressure, mm-hmm. um, in one of like my you, teeth. Like you got a poop. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like just one of my, one of my teeth was like, like I felt just a little bit more pressure on it than I felt like I should. Uh-huh. And I, I got out of my car and I started walking to the grocery store and just like all at once, one of my fucking fillings just Popped crumbled out. like not popped out just disintegrated <laughs> and like so i felt like almost like like a dirt feeling in my mouth you know like oh. if I had like some little pieces of sand in my mouth and i was like what the fuck and i started tonguing around my teeth and there's just a hole in one of my teeth oh, no. so i had to buy like dentist picks and stuff and i went into the the grocery store bathroom and just started looking around with like a dentist mirror to see what was going on um, and sure enough, just a massive fucking cavity in that tooth because like whatever filling had been put in, just gone, like just fucking nah, bro. Just I'm out. Noped like, out. Damn. Yeah. Was I, it a, like, one you got in the military? Cause I had that issue. No, it was one that I got at a local dentist. So I immediately okay. got on the phone with that dentist's office. And of course they're closed cause it's a fucking Saturday. And I'm like, Hey, uh, like this isn't an emergency. Like I'm not in severe pain, but like. I'm going to be this fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like really quick. I, I got this filling from you guys. Now I just have a gaping hole in one of my teeth. I need this not to be like ASAP. So I'm going to be double tapping tomorrow morning. First thing. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, Ooh. and like right now it's not particularly painful unless I expose the high heat or cold, but that shit's going to change fast. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not happy about that. That's yeah, been I, my week. <laughs> I had a feeling that popped out what, about three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And I went and took care of it real quick. They're like, yeah, there's no like decay or anything. It's just a filling mm-hmm. just yeah. popped loose. So oh. they're able to, they didn't have to do any extra drilling or there's no cavity. So they just, yeah. Well, and I, I hated it, that but... filling from when I got it. Like as soon as he put it in, I started gumming around my mouth and like, it's basically on the, the, like if I were to say inside edge, you would think like the side that faces my tongue, but it's like the edge of my tooth that faces the other tooth in front of it. Okay. And there's like basically, a, or there was like a ledge there, like there was too much filling material. Mm-hmm. So every time I tried the floss, when I was coming down with the floss, I would have to like go around that shit because uh, like hit it, catch, and oh uh, yeah, that's, yep, that's the word. Um, like there was a little ledge, and so mm-hmm. I'm sure that what happened is after you know three four years worth of flossing every day, like I'm supposed to, it just beat the shit out of that thing, and mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that the dentist will recognize that his work was inadequate and that it won't cost an arm and a leg to get this done right away. But we'll see how that goes. Like the way the way you're talking, I can tell it's on the left side of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Like, what, what am I doing? How can you tell? Like that side, you're holding your lip up higher, and ah. I can see you moving your tongue. Yeah, it's almost like you're trying to guard it with your tongue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, well, you're, I'm, yeah, like I'm protecting I'm that area. Sensitive to changes in my mouth. Um, oh. so I'm like kind of always feeling around in there. You know how like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Hey, podcast listener, your tongue never actually like rests on the bottom of your mouth. It's always just kind of floating there. And now you're aware of that. And so you're going to be thinking about how like your tongue is just sitting <laughs> there suspended and it never actually rests. Your well, tongue is in zero G. <laughs> <laughs> it never relaxes. Never. Well, now I'm going to force it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I've got, um, I've just got a lot going on in there. My, my dad never got me braces. Um, my dad's a dental technician, or at least he was by trade. And like, I always wanted braces because I have a, this really jutting lower tooth. And he was like, nah, cause your like teeth will readjust when you become an adult. And if you get braces, it might just reverse itself. And so now I've got like this lower tooth. It just sits mm. out like in front of all of the other tooth. Oh, in my mouth. I, I so I'm always like, like constantly wondering, like, like just feeling around, wondering what's going on in there. So I'm, I'm tonguing the shit out of that cavity right now. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that no. that sounds like this. That sounds like nightmare fuel. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like how many different movies have we seen where somebody has something go on in their mouth and they they approach the mirror and they're poking and prodding, trying to get a better look, and then like all of their teeth start falling out. How many of us have oh, had dude. nightmares of that thing exactly I mean, happen? Mm-hmm, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one the one scene in the movie I cannot watch is Castaway when Tom Hanks takes the fucking ice skate. Oh yeah, bashes it. It's like I have to look away. Each, I can't watch that scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's one of no, those it's... completely relatable pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, that that's all my mouth, sounds... everyone, so that you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> well, that all sounds fun. well. Congratulations on passing the test on yeah. landing the job. That those are both very exciting news points, man. That's yeah. awesome. No, I'm I'm stoked. It's gonna be it it may fuck with some of our like we, we may have now two vectors to change with our record times mm-hmm. uh going forward because I know that we're gonna be doing like doing like a rotating like days, swings, nights kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll let you guys know what that's about okay. when it happens. But yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh yeah. what's up with you, Dan? Oh, uh just super busy with work. Um, there's a lot going on there. We're, we're hiring a lot. We're trying to ramp up to hire a lot. And so we're also updating a lot of documentation and it's, you know, we're closing in on coming to the end of the fiscal year and trying to get Mm -hmm. budgets straight for current fiscal year, setting up for the next fiscal year. Hey, whatever happened with like pseudo replacement Dan, like assistant Dan, what, but they were like kind of already eager to jump to their next position. What happened to that person? <laughs> that person is still in that position and it's, it's going, I don't know that it's going well. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've been trying to be fairly hands off and, and let them, you know, kind of feel their way through things and be there if they, if they have questions or anything, the, the, 
they're they're not very communicative about some of the challenges mm-hmm. they're having and our our branch chief is not having it so <laughs> there's there's <laughs> been some tension there and i'm like i'm i'm trying to to nudge our branch chief into being you know a little more forgiving and and delicate and and trying to you know, send the other person some signals that, Hey, this is okay. You're still new at this. There's, there's still some adjustment. And because while they're not doing a fantastic job yet, they're still learning and, and adjusting. And I don't want to have to assume all of those responsibilities again, because I've already got too much <laughs> on my plate. So yeah, it's, yep. it's kind of like just walking around with, with, with a, I don't know, like a, like a boot on your, like a, like a cast boot, you know, like, it sucks, but sure. I can sure. manage for now, and you know, eventually, You're hopefully, it will get better. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, just just a little gimpy. Mm-hmm. I I have um, a thing, so I, I want to make sure I do this on air. Uh, Dan, <laughs> uh-huh. sorry for your editing problems the last couple of months. Audience, <laughs> if you have noticed bad audio coming from me the last couple of months, um, I'm going to own up to this. Uh, <laughs> So I left my mic in like a bipolar orientation for about two months, which made me pick up a whole shit ton of audio and radically increase Dan's workload. And I'm a dumbass. So <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone for the audio quality the last couple of months. Um, Dan's are- Herculean efforts made it harder to tell. But uh, now now I've got a checklist and I check my mic to make sure it's in cardioid every time before the show. And I'm so sorry, everybody. It's my fault. You are you are not at all a dumbass. You you like you you didn't know. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those. It happens, man. It Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Well, a, so, OK, well, what happened was um, we had uh, Sandra on like just in a C block, like kind of un- unexpectedly back in May when we were talking about your uh, your grandma. And I switched into the bipolar orientation so we could both talk into the mic and I never switched it back and I never thought to look. And so it just stayed that way, oriented two ways rather than one. So it was picking up everything behind me as well as in front of me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No Not bad. Like I say, no worries, man. I, yeah. yeah. It, it was just one up, of those Taylor. things like, well, and, and there were some changes to your environment too. Like you moved. And so I didn't know if it was something mm-hmm. there. It just, and like I should have been more communicative and just and just like stopped when when I noticed that there was a problem and said, "Hey, man, we need to try to figure this out because yeah. then it would have made my life much more, uh, much less difficult in editing if I had done that." <laughs> so this this mm-hmm. is on me as as much as it is you, if not more, because I oh, noticed no. it and just didn't say much about it. So lessons learned, lessons learned. But yeah, yeah, I apologize to you guys, the audience. Like, I'm sorry about that. Um, especially the car drivers who have nothing else to keep themselves busy while they're listening to our show. Like that, that sucks. So thanks for hopefully, putting up. Hopefully with me. the road the road noise uh just hit it. Mm, yes. Yeah, hopefully. it was buried. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's take a break and on the other side we'll come back with some newsy stuffs. Hey guys, this is Brandy Hamrick. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. Contrary to popular belief, we don't all fuck our cousins, and we didn't all vote for Trump. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution. If you're going to be a serious grown-up person and appear to defend the Catholic Church in public in front of an educated and literate audience, you simply have to start by making a great number of heartfelt apologies and requests for contrition and forgiveness. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, so we've we've been talking about the white nationalist stuff quite a bit, and I I think everyone has is at least aware of the January sixth commission that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So people may or may not have heard this, but I thought this was pretty uh, pertinent. Uh, and this comes from Officer Daniel Hodges, who um, I'm not 100 percent sure if he was the one we saw in the video being squeezed in the fucking door. Yeah, I think that was him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one where they're the Trump supporters, the the rioters, the insurrectionists are like trying to rip Terrorists. off his mask, and they're yep. beating him over the head, and he's screaming because he's being crushed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on January sixteenth on NBC ten, uh, it's a Philadelphia television station. He made a comment where he said, 
It was absolutely my pleasure to crush a white nationalist insurrection. Nice. Nice. So, of course, they have to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the, the hearings, uh, his response was, the crowd was overwhelmingly white males, usually a little bit older, middle-aged older, but some younger. They didn't say anything especially xenophobic to me, but they did to my black colleagues and to anyone who was not white. And some of them would try to recruit me. One of them came up to me and said, are you my brother? Mm. Mm. There are many known organizations with ties to white supremacy who had a presence there. Three percenters, oath keepers, that kind of thing. And people who associated with Donald Trump. I find it more likely to sub- that they subscribe to that belief system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking white nationalists. <laughs> <sighs> working to destroy everything one person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and that was under oath. So that's in the, uh, library of Congress now as something said against Donald Trump. Did you see the disgusting framing that the Republican party is trying to use now, particularly, uh, <laughs> house Republicans, uh, under I Kevin mean, McCarthy, oh, yeah, Elise Stefanik was, and they're Steve claiming Scalise. it was Pelosi's fault. Yeah. 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 They're blaming the victims here. Fucking, and, I mean, at least Stefanik getting up there and, and saying that she she wants to get to the bottom of why Nancy Pelosi, you know, wasn't prepared for this, that she allowed this to happen because she wasn't prepared. You're v- blaming the fucking victims here, man. That's I, I, I just I can't believe how fucking disgusting this all is. <laughs> the whole idea of her getting up there and blaming Nancy Pelosi for being attacked, for having her office ransacked, for having that stupid fucker sit in her chair, kick his feet up and lay the flag down on the desk next to it or on the, on the little stand next to her desk and call her a bitch. That's all Nancy Pelosi's fault, according to Elise Stefanik. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a Republican to me. <laughs> I I saw the funniest damn tweet from a Republican this week. Um, or not from a Republican, but at a Republican. Um, this guy called into uh McCarthy's office and he said, um, hey, I've got I've got a high blood pressure issue. And I was wondering if I could talk with um uh minority leader McCarthy about what medicine would be most appropriate for me to treat my high blood pressure. And the congressional aide said, well, uh, McCarthy is not a medical professional. Uh, you're going to need to talk to your doctor about that. And the guy said, okay, so why the fuck is he talking about the vaccine then? (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck is he talking about the vaccine? And why the fuck is he complaining about wearing masks now? (laughs) Yeah. Again, uh-huh. fucking Florida, man. I've always described Florida as like having a population with with one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. Um, <laughs> like it's God's waiting room, man. It's just where people go to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, DeSantis apparently wants that to happen faster now. That, so, yeah, that yeah. guy. Like, I can't. I can't tell. Like if he's deliberately trying to kill his supporters, like it doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all. Well, and this is after this is after like Sean Hannity has started telling people to take the vaccine. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure that that internal polling for the Republicans are like, hey, you know, for all the in-group solidarity we're building, we're literally losing voters like they're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder like what DeSantis thinks he's doing. But on the other hand, you posted this great article, which I think you're bringing up right now that talks about like the sociological, um, oh gosh, what's the term? It's like in-group proof or something like that or social proof or some phenomenon mm. where like they only care about proving themselves to their network of people and their network of people has decided that, uh, you know, the vaccine is bad and that masking is bad even if they fucking die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Atlantic uh, published an article. Uh, when was that? Uh, today uh, recently yeah. <laughs> yeah the anti-vaccine con job is becoming untenable is the uh-huh. name of the the article yeah and, and it, it was it was a good read yeah it, it really was i i thought it had a great take on why we've seen this abrupt shift among the lunatic fringe right which is basically all of the right these days 
saying that mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, you know, going on Fox News and and having their talking heads all say that people need to get the vaccination. That Ron, Ron DeSantis is saying that now, even that mm-hmm. you know this this stupid fucker, the governor of South Carolina, this morning that I watched on Fox News, saying that yeah, people should get the vaccination. But the the oh man, during during his interview, I, I complained to you guys during during the uh, the little break between segments here that I watched uh, part of that or was listening to it while I was feeding the dogs this morning, and the he he made some comment about how. Everybody should go and get the vaccine. You know, we're, we, we should listen to the experts, blah, blah, blah. And then he went on to complain about the experts from the CDC saying that people should wear masks. Like, yeah, you fucking shithead, you <laughs> stupid motherfucker. You- on one hand, you're saying we need to trust the experts. And then you're telling people to not trust the fucking experts. Ah, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yep. he did this Good. with this folksy charm and South Carolinian accent that was just too perfect. I, I mm. so or, so we we kind of talked about this pre-show um, for the listeners. There are several words that ironically have colloquial meanings that are not their actual meaning. Um, one of those words is ambivalent. Um, I'm sure that the vast majority of you listening use the word ambivalent to say, I'm not really sure which of these two options I like. But the real definition of ambivalent is that you have strong feelings in both directions on an issue, Mm -hmm. making it difficult for you to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I am ambivalent about the most recent mask. um, um, Words are hard. Mandate or or not mandate, but suggestion from the CDC, right? Uh, Which calls for vaccinated people to wear masks as well as the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, And like 1% of the breakthrough cases recorded have been for vaccinated people. But what that really translates to is that if you are vaccinated, you have a 0.001 chance of getting the Delta variant. And that if you get the Delta variant, you have a 0.0004 chance of being hospitalized because of your symptoms. Vanishingly small, yeah. Yeah, that, that's an acceptable risk. Like I get into my car and take it a greater risk of dying in an accident every day. Right. But, but here's the thing, right? Here's where I get into that ambivalence. I have this close friend that I've talked about on the show, um, who has had now six, um, chemotherapy procedures, right? Mm -hmm. He has no immune system. Um, he has been vaccinated. His whole family has been vaccinated. Um, he like could be killed by a flu. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and like, there are people like that out in the world who would love to get a vaccine or who can't get a vaccine or who have had the vaccine, but have no immune systems because of whatever their medical situation may be. And I don't want them to be collateral damage um, as a result of like this Delta variant spreading, um, which is significantly more virulent than the primary uh, uh, version of COVID, which to be fair, the Delta variant is basically the primary version of COVID now because it is so infectious. Yeah. It's like 60 to 80% of new cases now. So it's basically mm. what COVID is now mm. is this Delta variant. Um, but the thing is, is like, on the other hand, I also feel that if you're a conservative um, or any version of anti-vaxxer who has access to the vaccine and elects not to get it and gets sick, fuck you. Like you got what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's relatively easy to get the vaccine at this point. Um, I was reading an article earlier about people from Missouri who are like going into hospitals wearing disguises because they don't want their friends and family members to see them getting, getting. the vaccine mm-hmm. and like, fuck you too. You know, yeah. um, science is a process by which we learn the truth. It's not dogmatic like religion. Mm-hmm. And we used to be a country that respects science. You know, we used to be the country that lauded our own success in going to the moon or curing polio or developing insulin, making the internet. Um, and there's all these conservative motherfuckers who love to use an iPhone, but hate STEM research, mm-hmm. right? Who love not getting chicken pox, but are unwilling to get what's basically like, like we could cure the fucking common cold 
with the same technology that we developed to uh, cure or not cure, but vaccinate against COVID. Mm. And these motherfuckers um, won't take it because of their own political obstinance. And there's a part of me that just says, you know what? Fuck them. Like, let them. Okay, fine. I'm not going to wear a mask. I hope I get a conservative sick. Mm. You know, like Mm. if I were to get a breakthrough case, I hope I spread it to some anti-masker. Right. And like, (laughs) talk me down, I guess is what I'm saying. So here, here's fuck them. Well, I agree with the fucking part. If they don't want to fucking take precautions. But the one thing I did see come from the CDC was basically talking about how the Delta variant, the reason why they want you to wear masks now is if you are unvaccinated and not wearing a mask, you now have the potential to spread it to at least eight people. Right. Where before it was like, you know, one and a half to two people was like the Mm -hmm. spread rate. Now the Delta variant is like way more contagious. So it's up to like eight. Mm -hmm. But even if you're vaccinated and you don't get sick at all, Mm-hmm. you still have the possibility of spreading it to two people. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, even if that person is vaccinated, they could be one of the breakthrough cases that you spread it to. You might never have any symptoms, never get sick, whatever, but there's still a possibility you could be carrying it and spread it without it actually mutating inside you and making you sick. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are the chances that I would spread it to somebody who is not an anti-vax, anti-mask, reality-denying fuckwit? Right. Well, Living in a red state. That's kind of my. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also go with the fact that people have been told, well, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. But now the people that are vaccinated, not wearing masks also with the Delta variant have a risk of spreading it as well. Mm-hmm. Where before well, with the normal variants, like, oh, if you if you got the vaccine, you're really not an issue anymore. And went out with the Delta variant, like, well, now that issue is back. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the other fucking thing that gets me, man, is. Do you know how the drinking age is 21? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a state law, not a federal yep. law. But the True. thing is, is that the federal government ties uh, Department of Transport yep. highway, highway funding. funding to drinking age being 21 at the state level. Mm-hmm. And That's this why. is perfectly legal. Supreme Court yep. has has long established that the government can use a carrot stick funding uh, uh, scheme in order to put state level, like federalized, essentially, legislation in place. Why in the fuck is the Biden administration not tying education funding to requiring students to be vaccinated yet? That's a great, VA that's a great idea. funding. Yeah. Yeah. To something like that. Like what in the fuck? I mean, you already have to, in order to go to school, you have to have all your hepatitis A and hepatitis B shots. You are, mm-hmm. are already required by law to have so many vaccinations in order to attend school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why I can't this both be added chicken to pox vaccines. Like, the fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think ridiculous. I think they're making some small steps in that direction. Well, they, they've made one giant step in that direction with their um, coming mandate for all federal employees to either mm-hmm. be vaccinated or go through routine and testing and wearing their testing masks like everywhere. twice a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and both of you guys are listeners to the daily, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it was either Monday or Tuesday's episode. No, it was Tuesday's episode. That was like. The Biden administration absolutely did not want to make federal workers be vaccinated. And then within like two days, that episode was obsolete. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they move well, in another direction. Yeah. The thing is, they might not have wanted to, but they were kind of forced to. Yeah. Well, yeah it's yeah. like we're, we're having to go out of our way to protect idiots from idioting. Right? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, ordinarily, it would be like a kind of a live and let live, face the consequences. Right. But when those consequences are life and death, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I Like you, I have some pretty strong feelings on both sides well, of and, this. And like the funny fucking thing is, man, like I grew up conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this on the show. Yeah. And one of the things I remember hearing conservatives talking about growing up was like, hey, maybe we should just take the warning uh, uh, labels off of like the chemicals under your sink. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. If you're going to drink fucking Drano, like one less you're person fucking who's stupid. dumb enough to drink Drano, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe I go back to my conservative roots and say, okay, you guys keep saying this. Fuck it. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, drink your Drano, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I want to say, you don't get the vaccine. You don't want to wear a mask. You don't get hospital visits or not even, you don't even get to go to the fucking hospital. Like if you don't want to yeah. take the fucking necessary precautions to protect you against this, guess mm-hmm. what? Die at home. Don't, don't fucking yeah. go to the hospital either. Or, or don't the fucking minimum, take up that space. You can't be on a plane. 
right? Like you cannot oh. fly. Um, Which that just goes back to DeSantis in Florida, basically trying to pass a law saying cruise ships can't fucking force people to be vaccinated. Or the cruise ships just bypass fucking Florida. That would be Which, fun. Yeah. I hope they do because I think it's complete bullshit that DeSantis can tell a company that's not even from Florida, that's flagged mm-hmm. out of different countries to say, no, you can't do that. You have to put your people yeah. in harm's way. You have yeah. to you have to make a disastrous decision affecting the lives and livelihood of all of your passengers because I said so. Yeah, that's yeah. that I can't bullshit. I can't imagine that his that his view or stance on this or policy or law if it gets signed into law will will be able to be maintained like it would it would i imagine lose in court if brought there he's already banned schools from passing mask mandates yeah Yeah. which he can do which is horrible Mm -hmm. but with the cruise ships they're not they're not going to fucking miami then going to fucking tallahassee or whatever they're going to other fucking places. Yeah. They're going to other islands. Mm-hmm. So those islands can just as well say, fuck you. That cruise ship is not allowed to land here. If you follow that law in Florida. Yep. And at that point, the cruise company has to determine, okay, do we, would we rather go to Florida or also Bermuda and also, you know, wherever yeah. the fuck else co- uh, cruise they'll ships find go a, They'll have to find another port. To, mm-hmm. to be fair, also fuck cruise ships. Like every yeah, cruise ship I, exhibits or exhausts like, country's worth of fucking pollution but i don't like them i i honestly had wished that covid would have killed the cruise industry um and i'm sad it did not (laughs) i i don't know these things about the cruise i've only been on so fucking much yeah it's like fleets of semi trucks uh worth of exhaust yeah it's the worst fuck cruises yeah i was unaware also fuck ted cruz (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fuck him too. Just fuck just him with the rod irons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. No, I got reasons to fuck him. <laughs> He's so attractive. No. <laughs> I don't know how to handle a cloaca, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, this is Mark Nebo, the founder of the Normalized Atheism Campaign, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. What is more likely? that the laws of nature have been suspended in your favor and in a way that you approve, or that you've made a mistake. And in each case you must, and especially if you didn't see it yourself and you're hearing it from someone who says that they did. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! All right, welcome back. Um, the last thing that we want to talk about is something that's been making circles in, like, atheist podcasts. Um, the European Union uh, has, like, a overriding kind of Supreme Court situation. Uh, for all of the countries within the EU. And it has recently ruled um, that companies in the European Union can ban employees from wearing a headscarf under certain conditions. Um, but they need to do so, uh, but only if they need to do so to project an image of neutrality to their customers. Um, this case was brought on by two Muslim women in Germany who were suspended from their jobs for wearing a headscarf. Um, the case was brought uh, to court in order to settle like freedom of religion issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were told that they were not allowed to wear a headscarf, but weren't given a particular reason for it. Uh, the court had to decide whether headscarf bans at work represented a violation of freedom of religion or were allowed as part of the freedom to conduct a business that wished to project an image of neutrality to customers. Um, the court's response was that such bans were possible if justified by an employer's need to present a neutral image. And here's a quote from the, the court judgment thingy um, a prohibition on wearing any visible form of expression of political philosophical or religious beliefs in the workplace may be justified by the employer's need to present a neutral image towards customers or to prevent social disputes um, the justification must correspond to a genuine need on part of the employer huh. the case uh, in the case of the care center employee the court said the rule issue appeared to have been applied in general and in an undifferentiated way as the employer had also required an employee wearing a religious cross to remove that sign um so 
the the concern is, and this was actually brought up by um, the Open Justice Society, or sorry, the Open Society Justice Initiative, which is part of the Open Society Foundation by George Soros, um, was concerned that it may continue to exclude Muslim women and other religious minorities from various jobs in Europe. Um, but the court specifically admonished um, that employers, oh no, sorry, sorry, the Open Justice Foundation said that employers should tread lightly as they risk being found liable for discrimination if they can't demonstrate a genuine need for a religious dress ban. Um, and that's that's honestly the important stuff um, from the article. I wanted to, to kind of talk about that with you guys and see how we felt. Um, Ryan, you and I kind of had an initial disagreement on this in the pre-show. Yeah, um, because like I, I am personally of the opinion, and I know that this is kind of like a like an aged one within the atheist community. Um, but like, I don't think that religious beliefs should be treated as more important than any other philosophical belief. And so, I don't think that a person has a right to wear a headscarf or a cross or a yarmulke or a fucking like uh, a turban or anything else like that any more than an employee has a right to like dress goth or Lolita or something at work. Like if the work says come here in this appearance, like don't you, you don't get to go beyond that. Um, you know, whether that's a religious belief or a political belief or, you know, fucking like don't come to work wearing stoic, you know, headwear, right? Like just no. Yeah. I, I would say my initial reaction is the same. Like I, I don't feel that religious belief should be given special deference that sets it apart and, and above every other type of belief, which, to me, therein therein lies the path to madness. Like you can't mm-hmm. you can't provide special deference just for religious beliefs that that, that set it above everybody every everything and everybody else. Yeah, like but, if somebody showed up to their fast food job wearing a pin that said "meat is murder," you know uh, what I mean? Like, yeah, like nah. but, so. What are the counter arguments yeah. to that? Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm on the side of all or none. Hmm. Hmm. So. If you are not allowed to wear a hijab or a headdress in with an expression of your religion, you should not be allowed to wear a cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or or any type of uh, religious garb while working. Anything that expresses your religious affiliation should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, if you allow a person to wear a cross, but say you can't wear your headdress, I do not agree with that. I and like I agree with that unless it's a safety just, thing unless it's like you have to wear a safety helmet and yeah. your hijab is getting in the way of being able to wear proper safety gear. Yeah, that and was like well yeah, that's a safety was, concern. Yeah, I was going to say the yeah. same thing like if it's if it's not applied evenly across the board then there would have to be a good justification for it like like you just pointed out in cases of mm-hmm. where it may be a safety issue. Yeah. yeah, but but that's all assuming a societal default of like people are allowed to wear their religious stuff and that prohibitions are like the special case and those prohibitions have to be applied equally. Uh-huh. Whereas I think that the societal default is you leave your fucking religion at home. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I go into work and start shitting on everybody else's religious belief because I'm an atheist, I get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But like if I go into work and every time I fucking turn around, somebody's saying, God bless you when I fucking sneeze. And, you know, have a blessed day and shit like that. Like that's suddenly allowed. Yeah. Um, It's like, well, I mean, I work in a profession where we have a pretty strict dress code. Mm -hmm. We all got to wear the same thing and you are not allowed. You can, you can wear a crucifix as long as it's tucked under your shirt. No one can see it, Mm -hmm. but you can't wear it visibly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are all in a uniform. So if, if, the place you work at has a required uniform for you to wear and you want to be like, well, no, I need to be able to wear this. Well, no, this is our uniform policy. Yeah. And, you, and like not a lot I of straight jobs. Him. I've had jobs that are civilian in nature where I am required to wear a button up shirt, slacks and leather shoes. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't go into that job wearing like goth gear. You know, I couldn't mm-hmm. go into that job wearing bondage pants and a fucking band t-shirt and boots up to my knees. Right. Mm-hmm. And what about like goth lifestyle is philosophically different than religious belief? Like both of them, like, like religious belief is founded in bullshit. It's not Mm -hmm. real. It's made up. It's, it's just like any fandom. It's just that society has put greater weight on religious belief. Yeah. It's, it's been offered historically this special deference that I don't think is warranted or it deserves. Right. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you can go uh, the the whole lawsuits with a uh, Pasifarian, where mm-hmm. they were fighting it in court to be allowed to wear their colanders in public mm-hmm. and for their yep. driver's license photos and at work. And I can't remember which country. There, one country like said, "Okay, yeah, you can," but a couple countries said, "No, we do not view this as a real religion." Like, well, how do you get to define what I religiously believe in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and. Gosh, I don't know, man. Like the other thing too, is that there are a lot of like where I get, where I get split is um, situations where people may have like a lack of personal autonomy, you know, especially I'm thinking prisons and K through 12 schools, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you may have a kid who has like, who who just doesn't like pork, right? Versus, uh, you know, a Jewish or Muslim kid who won't eat pork. Right. The, the Jewish or Muslim kid is going to be given a special alternate menu that allows them to not eat pork. But if you just don't like it, you're shit out of luck. Right. And like at the end of the day, that accommodation is largely based in just cultural bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the accommodation is there. And there's part of me that's like, yeah, we should be crafting our societal structures in a way that allow more accommodations for individuals to like engage in personal preference. But the problem is that those personal preferences tend to come from like a philosophically bullshit standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then conversely, the other side of that coin is like vaccine exemptions, right? There are, there are legal carve outs for vaccine exemptions um, for, for not treating your kid for fucking medical issues, right? If you've got a firmly held religious belief, but like nothing else can grant such an exception, right? Or an exemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, even, even before COVID hit, it was the, uh, uh, was it the measles outbreaks going on in, in large Hasidic, uh, Jewish communities mm-hmm. because they had their religion said, we can't get vaccinated. Yeah, but at the same or, time, it's like, well, you're the reason why we're having a large outbreak of, of the measles right now. This is way mm-hmm. before COVID. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a young woman currently involved in a lawsuit against her parents. Um, she is going to die of a heart valve issue, and had her parents treated her when she was an infant, she would have lived a long, normal life. But because her parents believed that God would sort things out and to treat her would be an affront against God's will, they did not treat her. And so now she is suing her parents for like wrongful death, pain and suffering, all that, um, because she is going to die before she hits 30 as a result of this easily preventable health condition. Only religion is a is a justification a legal justification for such negligence well if if i remember the case correctly which i'm probably misremembering it which always happens uh there was the uh the couple that ended up going to jail that were christian scientists that believe mm-hmm. that they didn't have to get intervention medically they had had two kids die before the court said no this is neglect yeah yeah Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous because of their religion. And I think they're the, the third kid that passed away. He was, uh, he was almost eight. He was like 16 or 17 years old and had his appendix rupture and they just prayed over him. They didn't get medical attention or anything for him. That's when they finally said, no, you can't fucking keep doing this. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to seek medical intervention for your kids. Even if your religion says no. Well, and we, mm-hmm. we kind of have this schizophrenic view of a lot of these, you know, religious beliefs, right? Because, we we've we've set up or we've established rules and there have been uh court findings that say that you know if if you believe that god told you to murder your children and so you did that that's not a valid excuse you're no. still going to be charged with <laughs> you're murder going to jail. Mm-hmm. you're you're not allowed to drown them in the bathtub yeah like well, we and, and- there are limits to the deference that we offer religion mm-hmm. I think we've just drawn those boundaries outside of what they are for everything else. Like it, you, yeah. you can't justify your killing of another person because you think God told you to do it. We understand that that's a terrible fucking excuse and it's never, ever been accepted. Well, in, well, crusade. in, in, 90, in, in 99.9% um, of the circumstances, that hasn't <laughs> been an acceptable excuse or justification for mm-hmm. doing something. 
Yeah. Well, and, and the last thing I want to bring up um, that Sandra would kick my ass if I did not <laughs> is like specifically the women's rights issue with regards to like the hijab and Islam in Europe is that there's there's another uh, quandary where on the one hand, uh, a woman might be liberated by not having to wear a hijab. Right. By by finding that, like, the world doesn't end when she stops covering her head for a bullshit religious reason, um, you know, that that oppresses her, that stops her from expressing herself. Um, but conversely, you know, the issue has been brought up is that um, for sufficiently devout Muslim women, uh, that their opportunities for employment will decrease because they can't find a job where they can wear their hijab. So it will make them more likely to be stuck at home and like kept from getting more autonomy by way of having an income. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I feel like that argument just kicks the can down the road by a step. Yeah. And like, really what we should be doing as a society is like making sure that there are not homes where women are kept prisoners by religious belief mm-hmm. and the, but, the patriarchies of those religious belief that keep them prisoner. I also feel like, even though I hate some of those old sayings or old adages where it's like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. You can tell her as many times you want, like, hey, you're being oppressed because they're forcing you to live by this certain standard, which oppresses females in your religion. Mm-hmm. As but a it doesn't of mean they're going to stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's frustrating to me um, as a leftist atheist because it has become harder and harder to criticize elements of Islam because the extreme far right has chosen Islam as its new, like, attack point yeah and so and so any criticism of islam becomes associated with the right-wing criticism of islam and all the attendant baggage Mm -hmm. uh which has stifled discourse but i i think when people on the left when we criticize islam it's for a completely different reason the people on the right criticize islam people on the right will be like oh they're bringing in sharia law you can't do that it's like but you motherfuckers are trying to bring in a christian version of sharia law so fuck you too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they'll also use the argument saying people on the left never never say anything against islamic religions it's like Mm -hmm. the fuck we don't just we don't say the same thing you say it's, we it's, look at it um, as the way they're oppressing women, just like you do on the fucking right. It's it's kind of the way I, I want to say it was Stephen Fry, but I could be wrong. It might have been Hitchens who said, um, "You talking to a Christian are an atheist with regards to thousands of religions, but one, and I merely go one religion further than you." And I I feel to the conservative, um. You think that it is inappropriate for one religion to create an alternate legal system to dominate people and, and like oppose secular civic society. I just think that no religion should be able to do that, including yeah. yours, conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that came from when uh, uh, Hitchens and Fry were doing their like debates. Yeah. 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 They, they, they did a whole bunch of debates, which I love. I, I actually, I think I like Stephen Fry more than Hitchens a lot of times. I love oh, the way they, Stephen Fry just yeah. when they were debating those delivers the arguments. Yeah, they were they were on fire. It was oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is kind of wild to go back and listen to like early aughts Christopher Hitchens though, because he was very wrong on the subject of the Iraq War. Um, so it's actually kind of embarrassing to listen to him <laughs> in that context now. So yeah, I'd have to revisit some of the things on that. I I. I read a couple pieces that, you know, point out that a lot of the things that were said about what he was saying were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I listened to the debate that he had with his brother, uh-huh. that reunion debate that they had. Uh-huh. And like, no, he was a full throated supporter of the of Iraq invasion. War. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. was. But I think I, I've read his. I'll have to see if I can his find reasoning it behind it. It's yeah. It's been several years since I initially read it, so maybe my views on mm-hmm. it will have will have changed. But at the time I read it, it was like okay, like I didn't, I don't agree with necessarily his overall assessment for it. But he did provide some some good reasons mm-hmm. about inv- invading Iraq. It wasn't that he bought into 
the the Bush line and the and yeah. the right wing talking points about why we should do it. He he listed some other very good reasons why, despite the reasoning that we were provided at the time, it was still a good idea because of these things. And mm-hmm. like it's been a which while I would probably agree with. I I agree with that Saddam Hussein needed to be taken out, but I disagree with the pretense that we used to actually go to war with Iraq. Well, yeah. and I disagree with the after effects of us deposing him as well like yeah it like if we were going to go in and topple a leader we also should have been there to like catch the country as it fell and put it back up on its feet you break it you buy it kind of thing yeah from our uh, american military history um we didn't change anything well the thing is is like the the problem i have is that america has two modes right we've got banana republic and we've got world war ii right yeah we did a damn good job of turning Japan and Germany into two of the best democracies on the planet. Yeah. Uh, We fucked South America and Africa Mm -hmm. and, and uh, Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. We Um, fucked a lot of places up. Yeah. So so, America up. mm -hmm. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a fantastic quote. uh, Something that, that I thought about daily under Trump is um, fascism is colonialism turned inward. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. Um, I can't remember but the it's researcher a good one. who said that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascism is is colonialism turned inward. Yeah, uh, you know, expanded on that. When you run out of places to colonize, you have to colonize somebody at home. Mm. Oh, I think that was a perfect saying. But we have run out of time for this episode. Ah, shit. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's been nice chatting with you, fellas. Yeah, it uh, always is. We go, well, I mean. Hopefully we made your day better, but sometimes we say shit that probably just goes, fuck this world. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I get satisfied by the end of these, these, yeah. these more free form episodes we do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before we go though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going. They keep, uh, they, they help support it. And we, Jesus, we'd I'm love you. Totally fucking this up. <laughs> we love all of you. <laughs> Don't worry, Dan. I'm here to save you. Thanks. I'm here to save you, Dan. Appreciate you, man. I, I was unprepared for the thing I should have been prepared for. <laughs> you had one job, Dan. One job, <laughs> and I fucking failed. I'm so sorry, Jesus. <laughs> you should uh, be. <laughs> but I want to make sure we thank our Patreon supporters, and that would be two skeptical chaps: Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson, Sinead Duffy, Steve Kuno, Stephen Andrus, Tiffany Hudson, Vanessa, All Hail Peanut Butra, the guy that asks questions before he finishes the show, Andrew Vodapich, Corey Ebert, Jeff Peterson, Jeremy Goodson, Megan Mitchell, Utah Outcasts, Wesley Aaron, Freethinker215, Matthew Sanders. Chad Pryor. Pryor. I'm a bastard. <laughs> yes, you are. But we did it almost in unison. It was almost like a singing song type thing. But Chad Pryor. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Savita Kuna. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. A noble spirit and big and the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. I like that you did that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I was trying to think when we started. I'm like, wait, where do I need to go? <laughs> Ted Sellen, thank you again. I owe you big. Sarah Segovia. And James. Thank you all very, very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode for all kinds of fun extra goodies. I'm not going to go into detail because I do that too often. No, maybe (laughs) I should. I don't know. I'm not going to. And I'm going to have to fucking edit this now because I'm a stupid ass. Ah, Leave it in. (laughs) Thank you all very, very, thank you all very, very much for your continued patronage. We really appreciate it. Uh, If you are averse to using Patreon, you can give us money through a wide variety of other means, most notably PayPal. You can send us money through PayPal at our email address of godlessrevolution at gmail.com. That is also where you can send us show ideas, complaints, uh, corrections. A lot of people don't like to be corrected. I love it because I don't want to continue being wrong. So please, if we have misstated things in this episode or others, let us know so that we can, you know, hopefully not be as wrong in the future. Yeah. 
And oh, people and have sent us stuff that might spur on future projects. Yes. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, um, to the person who emailed us in, I wanted to say called in there for some reason. For for the person who emailed us in and commented on their Christian nationalist segment and said that they would like to see something like a, a unified episode where it's all the content together without like the intro or outro or something like that. We have heard your email um, and we are trying to figure out the best way to go about doing something like that. That isn't just onerous for fucking Dan. Um, <laughs> so you, you have not been forgotten. Trust me. Yes. You have definitely spurred on a conversation between the three of us. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of our listener feedback, even if you're, writing to complain about something because if we've done something to piss somebody off, I would like to know. And if it's uh, something that we can fix going forward, I would like to know that if it's something that you got pissed off about and you're wrong about, I would like to know that too. But uh. yeah, if there's something that's causing you a problem for two months, don't say nothing about it until it finally reaches a critical mass, I guess is what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yes. Communication is key. These are, these are very good things. All right. Well, thank you both very much. Uh, oh yeah. We'll chat at you guys next week. Dano out. Sexy stash says goodbye. Don't eat things off the ground. <laughs> Ooh, valid advice. <laughs> See that see that file folder thing that's that's like kind of where my hand is now yeah. in the background. So that was sitting on top of my desk. And when I turned my mic stand, it hit that, which knocked my phone off my desk, which landed in the water bowl for oh. the cat. Oh, oh no. The water bowl so hard it flipped upside down, <laughs> dumping the entire bowl onto my phone. Oh man. I've always said five second rule. Mythbusters <laughs> basically said it's zero second. Yeah, it is a zero second rule. But you know what? It's not going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Drink out of a hose. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kids.